checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Okay, brilliant. I just want to start this morning by thanking uh, all those people who have helped with the summer holiday lunch provision. I think we've made, or the people here have made, over 3,000 packed lunches in the last six weeks and delivered them to uh, families that have been identified by school. So well done to all those who've helped butter, slice, deliver and pack. Uh, It's been very much appreciated. And um, you might have thought we'd finished our I Am series, but today uh, we're going to look at one final I Am series. Because in Revelation, there's a talk of firsts and lasts. So, you know, this weekend is the last weekend of the school summer holiday. You might not realise it because it might feel like it's been the school summer holidays for some of you for the last five, six months. But actually, we often remember the people who come first. You know, last season, the people who came first was Liverpool. We'll remember that, or certainly I will for a while. But it's not always easy to remember those who come last. It's not always easy to remember those who finish in last place. But both of those are significant I can remember an announcement at a school sports day, I'm not saying whether it's the one my children went to or the one I taught at, saying over the tannoy, and don't forget to applaud the losers, because without the losers, we wouldn't have winners. I thought that was a little bit insensitive. But without the first, without the first, you don't have the last. Without the last, you don't have the first. Many of us know Eddie the Eagle. He's a famous loser. He didn't win. He captured the nation's hearts. The film is excellent, but he didn't win. He became last, effectively. He wasn't a winner. Who has heard of Eric Musambani? Any of you know of Eric Musambani? You might know him by another name. Because Eric Musambani is one person who's remembered for being last. In fact, he was the worst professional ever at his trade. He was from Equatorial Guinea. And you might know him as Eric the Eel from the 2000 Olympic Games because he had never seen an Olympic-sized swimming pool, let alone swam in one, when he competed in the 100 metres freestyle. He recorded the slowest ever time in that event and, didn't, and actually struggled to finish at all. So he came last, but he actually won his heat because the other competitors got disqualified for false starts. So he came last, but ended up first. But it wasn't the end for him, because in that race, no one remembers who came first. They only remember the one who came last. Eric set his own personal best. It was an achievement for him. And he became the coach of the Equatorial Guinea swimming team. So at the end, the last was incredibly important. As I say... I know we said that our I Am series is finished, but those were the I Ams that Jesus said while he was with his disciples. Today, we're going to look at an I Am that refers to both Jesus as Lord and God the Father. We're going to look at it today. And if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at Revelation chapter 22. 
And Revelation chapter 22 gives a picture of a beautiful city with a river of life at the centre and a tree of life and everything being perfect like it was in the beginning. Just at the beginning of the Bible, things were perfect. At the end of the Bible, things are perfect again. So I'm going to read from verses 12 to 17 of Revelation chapter 22. It says this, Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. This is Jesus. Look, I'm coming soon. I'm returning again. That's his promise. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat from the fruit from the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshippers, and all who love to live a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message to the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. There's another I am. I am the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Those five verses tell us a lot about the omega, the end, the last You might know about creation, you might know the beginning of Genesis, but this end chapter of the Bible talks about the Lord, talks about Yahweh, talks about Jesus. And it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. Alpha and Omega are significant letters. We all know about significant letters. My middle name starts with a J. It's a significant letter. My middle name is James. I'm named after my granddad on my mother's side. I have letters after my name. I don't use them, but they are BSC, ONS, because I've got a degree in chemistry. Not mentioned that for a while. There are some letters that are significant. And in Revelation 22, we see Alpha and Omega. When you hear the word alpha, what do you think about? You might think of the alpha course. Anyone who's watching, have you been on an alpha course? Maybe you should try it if you haven't. But the alpha course is often a a place where faith has begun for many, where faith has started. Or maybe you've heard of alpha in terms of alpha male or alpha female. Maybe you've been described as an alpha male or alpha female. It's not usually very complimentary, but it implies that you're the chief, you're the one with the power, you're the one who will conquer. And alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. It's the beginning. So when Jesus says this, he's the beginning. He's at the start. And if you think about your Bibles, what is the first verse of Genesis? The first verse of the whole of the Bible says this, in the beginning, God. It's simple. Alpha is the beginning. It's the start of the alphabet, That's why it's called the alphabet, because in Hebrew it's Aleph Bet, alphabet. The alphabet begins with Alpha. The world began with God. In the beginning, God. The book of John, which we've used for the I Ams of Jesus, starts by saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the beginning, God, and in the beginning, Jesus. And Genesis goes on to talk about his spirit hovering over the deep. 
So in the beginning was the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Alpha, the Chief, the Powerful One. The One who is Almighty. Let me ask you, think of the beginnings in your own life. What beginnings would you come up with? It might be the beginning of a new life, having a baby. It's a very significant thing. Many, many people during lockdown from our church have had children. Children that we perhaps haven't seen and they'll look like teenagers when we do get to meet them. But the beginning of a new life is significant. The first steps of a baby. I saw somebody today who used to go to camp on Facebook posting the first steps of their child. And somebody said underneath, watch out now because you have to hold on to everything. We, we long for that day when they take those steps. And then actually we wish they'd rather sit there and, and perhaps not spoil our houses anymore. Maybe it's the first date. Ray Tate, who spoke last week, I'm very grateful for Ray speaking last week because I was away. Um, Ray Tate claims to have seen mine and Rosie's first kiss he didn't, but that's beside the point. It was the first official kiss, maybe, but anyway, we won't go into that one. Maybe it's the beginning of married life. Many people have been d- delayed having getting married over the, the lockdown, or maybe some people like Dan Randall did, and the beginning is a very significant time. Those of you who are watching this, who are, who are of a certain age, will be looking forward this week to the beginning of school. Maybe if you're a teacher, you'll not be looking forward to the beginning of school, and you're dreading the end of the holidays. But a lot of what we do as a culture and as a society and as a people has a beginning. We are obsessed with beginnings. Scientists once believed that the universe was eternally creating itself, that the universe was eternal. And actually since the 1960s, they've recognised that that isn't true. That the universe we live on has a beginning, that time has a start. But what made that beginning? In the beginning, God. Because God, in three persons, is the only eternal element that there is. The only eternal person that is in this whole life. When I was going into schools as a youth worker and as a schools worker, that was the one question people would try and stump you with. Who made God? Well, whatever you believe, something had to have made the first step. And I believe it's God. Science has said that the universe hasn't always existed But our human viewpoint says that everything has a start, that everything has a beginning, that something has to come first. Well, it did. The Alpha, the beginning, the first, and it has to all start with him. So as we look at Jesus' words, I am the Alpha and the Omega, let's remember it has to all start with Jesus. It has to all start with him. Now stick with me for a little bit of Hebrew. I'm not an expert, And I don't want you to go to sleep because I think there's some fascinating things to look at. Alpha is the Greek letter, but if we were to look at the Hebrew alphabet, the first letter is Aleph. And as we've gone through the I am's of Jesus, which ones can you remember? I am the light of the world. I am the vine. I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the sheep gate. All of those things. Twice... The word true is mentioned. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But also, I am the true vine, it says. I am the true vine. Stick with me, because this is impressive, I think. The Hebrew word for truth is emet. It consists of three letters. The first is aleph. This word, this letter that in Greek is alpha. The first letter is aleph. The second letter is mem. And the last letter is tav. 
Now, truth begins and ends with the first and last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. That's amazing, isn't it? That the whole of truth begins and ends with the first and the last. Not only that, the second letter, the middle letter, is the very central letter of the Hebrew alphabet as well. So not only is truth spelt with the first and the last, it's smack bang in the middle. And today, truth is the beginning and the end. And it should be central to our life. Truth encompasses everything and needs to be at the start, the middle and end of our lives. And who is truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the alpha, I am the aleph, the beginning. Not only that, here's another fascinating Hebrew fact. Aleph, as a letter, represents the oneness of God. In the beginning, God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Aleph represents the oneness of God. And it means, the word meaning master or Lord stems from this letter, Aleph. If we take this letter out of the word for truth, it leaves just two letters. Are you still with me? Are you still with me here? If we take the first letter out of truth, the Aleph, the beginning, if we take that letter out, it leaves two letters, Mem and Tav. And do you know what that word means, just those two letters together? It means dead. If we take the beginning out of truth, it means dead. If we take the first, the Aleph, the Alpha, out of the beginning of truth, then we end up spiritually dead. Because it has got to start with God. In the beginning, God. It has got to start with Aleph. It's got to start with Alpha. Our days need to start with God. How many of us have started today with God? Our relationships need to start with God, the Aleph, because without him it's dead. Our relationships have got to start with God. The first, the beginning, because otherwise we will be spiritually dead. Have we got that? Even the language we use tells us that if we move God out of the picture, if we move the first out, then we end up with spiritually death. In Revelation 22, there's a fountain and a fire. We don't like to think of the fire very much, do we, in church? We don't want to preach hellfire and damnation. But actually, in the Bible, hell is a very real place. And here in Revelation 22, at the end of all things, it talks about a fountain or a river and a fire. Many people believe that God in the end will be merciful to everybody no matter what. Well, I need to just say that's not the truth of the Bible. That's not the truth of what Jesus taught. Jesus didn't say... Everyone will be okay in the end. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. It doesn't tie up with what Jesus taught. It doesn't tie up with what the Bible teaches. But I need to say this first. God is a merciful God. God is a loving God. And he is giving you chance after chance after chance to get right and sort life out with him. Right now, as you listen to this video, as you watch this, this, this live stream, God is giving you the chance to say, I need to get right with you. God is giving you the chance to say yes to him. And God is giving you the chance to say no to the old and yes to the new. To begin with him and end with him. To put the old things away and to start again. To start afresh. God is a merciful God that will give you chance after chance after chance. But in the end, we see here there's a fountain and there's a fire. And if we don't take those chances, then ultimately, we won't have both the fountain and the fire. We will have one or the other. 
The promises in the final chapter of the whole of the Bible, at the end of the Bible, are this. That if you thirst, you'll be satisfied. I don't know if you've ever um, done much running or exercise, but when you've exercised on a hot day, uh, it's amazing, isn't it, just to quench your thirst with something cold. I went on a run. I'm not boasting, because you can tell I'm, I'm not at my peak at the moment. I went on a run recently around Askham, and I set off, and it was quite cool. I don't mean I was quite cool. Look at, hey, at me, I'm running. Um, it was quite a cool evening, so I thought, oh, I'll be okay. So I went for a run, and I got halfway into my run. I was in Askham Town Centre. I was running past the chip shop and the, the Indian and the Chinese, all those places that make me want to pop in and stop running. And I thought, oh, all of a sudden, I felt this heat that wasn't there when I set off. It just felt so warm and oppressive, and I thought, I really need a drink. I don't think I'm going to cope without a drink. So I thought, I know, there's a co-op at the, end of the, at the end of the street. I'll go in the co-op. I've got my phone because I'm listening to my tunes or my podcast. I can go in and buy a drink and quench my thirst. And as I got to the co-op and I thought, I'll just pause my run, I realised I didn't have a mask. I didn't have what I needed to get in to quench my thirst. I didn't have the thing that I've been told is essential at the moment. I didn't have the, the thing that would get me into the store. And so I had to just keep running without the drink, and it was awful. And when I got home, the first thing I did was poured a pint glass of water, and I just quenched my thirst with it. It feels so good when we thirst, and that thirst is quenched. If you used to come to church many years ago, we used to sing a song based on Psalm 42. I wonder if you remember it. It went like this. As the deer pants for the water, I think the tune was, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Very good. I used to think as a teenager it was just about some expensive trousers, you know, as the deer pants. But anyway, um, but actually it's about being thirsty. It's about being thirsty for the right things. As being thirsty for the right things of God. And many of us will know dogs panting for water. We've got a diabetic dog who is constantly after water. She guzzles water and she pants for it if she's too thirsty, if she hasn't had a medication. And she wants nothing more than to quench her thirst. But I didn't know about deers panting. Any of you know about deers panting? Because apparently deers get most of the water they need from their food. They don't actually need to drink They don't need to go to a river because everything that they eat contains moisture and they can live without that drink. So they could live without lapping up the water that satisfies. But that's just it. Because the water they thirst for would satisfy them more than the little bits they get in their food. What else does water do for a deer? Well, it gives them protection because it wipes away the scent to their enemies. The water gives them protection. And actually, they can have an abundance of water instead of settling for the very little that they can have in other sources. You know, many people are like those deers. They think they can get enough out of life without thirsting for God. Maybe that's us today. We think we're going to get through life without thirsting for the thing that matters most. We think we're going to be able to succeed without following the rightness of God, without following the truth. But remember, without the beginning, truth just leads to death. Without the first letter, it becomes death. Those of us who thirst after God and recognize the need for more, this verse, this passage tells us we will enter into a place of fullness 
Does that sound good? Yeah. A place where there's no fear. An eternal place where there's no pain and no suffering. I've had a tooth out this week and I would love a place where there's no pain and no suffering. But actually, this place is a place of abundance, a place of joy where our thirst will be satisfied because we've thirsted after the right things. The words that Jesus speaks in this passage say, I am the Alpha, but it doesn't just say I am the Alpha. It says I am the Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. You know, God has to be there at the beginning of our lives. He has to be at the beginning of what we start with him. He has to be in the middle of our lives. But also for all of us, whether you're watching here as a Christian this morning or whether you've never made that choice to say yes to God, God will be there at the end for all of us the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The difference will be some will get the fountain and others will get the fire. Wouldn't we rather have the fountain? Wouldn't we rather have the place where we're satisfied rather than the place where we're cast out? You know, this beginning and the end isn't like a stream flowing to the the ocean. You might think about beginnings and ends and you might think, well, a stream starts off as a trickle in a mountain gathers speed, gathers, gathers body, becomes a river, and then the river goes out into the ocean, and it's that huge body. That's a beginning and an end. That's not what this is talking about. This, John Piper describes it more like a camel train that starts off at an oasis, and the camels have their water at the oasis, and then they walk through the desert and end up at another oasis. It starts with the oasis, and ends with the oasis. I'm not talking about the Gallagher's here. I'm talking about the place where they can have their thirst satisfied. It starts with the oasis and it ends with the oasis. God at the beginning and God at the end. And we've sung already this morning, do you thirst? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Today, if you're thirsty for more, if you're thirsty for something deeper than you've got, Jesus is calling, and he's calling to you and to me, and he says, come, come, come. And it says, we've also sung this as well. Paul's picked amazing songs this morning because he didn't know what I was going to be talking about, but it talks about every knee will bow. That's every knee, not every knee that believes in him will bow. Every knee will bow and declare and confess him as Lord. However, for some, it will be too late to start thirsting at that point. When you realise that God is there at the end, when you realise you are before the Almighty, the one who is Alpha and the one who is Omega, it will be too late to start thirsting then. The fountain option will have gone and will be left with the fire. Verse 17 says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Anyone. This isn't an invitation for an elite group. This isn't an invitation for just a unique group of people. This is an invitation to all because Jesus says, anyone, come. And in the end, after chance, after chance, after chance, after chance. If we get to the end and there's God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, and we haven't made that choice, then the choices will be left to him. His judgment is righteous. It is good. 
This morning you can come and recognise that life as you know it is a lie. The verses say about the people who are left outside are those who love to live a lie. The people who are fake. The people who go against what God says is the best. This morning you can recognise that life as you know it is a lie. And that the truth will set you free. And who is the truth? Jesus. The beginning and the end. The alpha and the omega. You can start to thirst after truth and you can start to recognise this morning, right now as you watch this, you can start to recognise that it begins and ends with Jesus and at the beginning and the end is Jesus, in the middle there's Jesus. His death on a cross, his sacrifice for all meant that the fire would hold no fear. It meant that we don't need to be afraid of that second option but that we would have the freedom of the fountain. The fire would hold no fear and we can have the freedom of the fountain. Which would you choose? The fear of the fire or the freedom of the fountain? I can remember as a child going to New Year's Eve at Trafalgar Square in London. It's an incredible landmark. And on New Year's Eve in London, many, many people would dance and party in the fountains of Trafalgar Square. They would splash around in the water even though it was really cold. And they would dance with such, such joy and a, you know, just celebration because of a new year. I think that was one night a year and I actually think it's been banned. I don't think you're allowed to do it. I don't think you're allowed in the fountains at Trafalgar Square. But when God says, I am the start and the end, I am the first and the last, it means that the fountain will never run dry. We can dance in that fountain freely for eternity. There is no, there is no end to that fountain. Because God at the end will say, you can have it. Come in. Come into my city. Come in and quench your thirst. We can know today that if we take him out of the truth, it spells death. And we can know the freedom of the fountain of life. A place where there is no darkness, only light. Jesus in this passage says, I am the bright morning star. Who has enjoyed the beautiful sunsets this week? There's been some incredible skies over Barrow. It's been incredible. Pinks and purples and oranges. Beautiful. And I've seen pictures of people taking pictures of the sunrise. Paul Annabelli, he gets up at silly o'clock and he can take pictures of the sunrise. I tend to miss that one. But actually, we look forward, don't we, to the sun rising again. When the sun sets, it's beautiful. When the end of the day comes, it's a beautiful thing. But when the beginning comes, we look forward to the sun rising. Could you imagine... If the sun set and it never rose again, that would be a depressing place. That would be a place of sadness. But in the end, the Bible tells me there will be no more darkness. That the sun will be there. Both the sun, S-O-N, and the sun, the morning star. The brightness, the light of him. But it's just for those who have thirsted after him. It's just for those who have chased those things of God and turned their backs on the old A place where anyone is welcomed. Weddings have RSVPs. We've been invited to a wedding. Janina and Jonas, Janina who was on our PACE team, we've been invited to her wedding in Germany next year. And we've got to reply by February the 1st to say whether we're coming. Otherwise, we don't get the full full treatment. Most weddings, if you don't reply, you're not allowed to go. Because it's right to reply. We've got now... Six months to reply to that invitation. We've got chance after chance after chance, day after day after day, to say, yes, we are coming. But we could choose to ignore it. 
And we could choose to just go on the day and they might turn around and say, sorry, there's no room. There's no room. If we miss the date of the RSVP, then it's only our own fault. The Bible starts with God. In the beginning, God. And the Bible ends with God. It ends. It's his love letter to you and to me. It's his invitation to all, to anyone to come. To all who are weary to come. To all who are thirsty to come. To all who know that the past needs to be forgotten and forgiven to come. To all who know that a future life, just as it is now, will be meaningless to come. The question this morning, as I finish, as we finish this whole series on I Ams, is will we choose the fountain? Will we choose the freedom? Will we choose the truth with God at the start, the middle, and the end? Or will we choose to do life without the Alpha? Because the Bible tells me that is just about death. Jesus came to bring life to the full. He came that we might know freedom. His blood paid the price. This morning, it's a chance to say yes. To say yes to the beginning and the end. The first and the last. The one who promises everything. And who gave it all so that we could have everything. Let's pray. Father God, this morning I pray that you will use the words of your scriptures, the words that I've spoken. And I pray, Lord, that each of us will know the truth that you are the beginning and the end and everything in between. That you are all-encompassing and that you invite us today to come and to be a part of that eternal kingdom where there is water in abundance, where there is life everlasting, where there is no pain, no suffering, no darkness. Father God, help us not to, not to say no. Help us to turn our backs on the things of the past, the things that will drag us down and the things that promise so much but offer so little. Father God, help us to remember that your word is the truth and that Jesus is the truth, the way and the life, that he is the one by which we can enter in to the presence everlasting of God. So Father, anyone who's watching this, if they're not a Christian, I pray, Lord, today that they will come. It's just a simple saying yes to you. For anyone who is a Christian, I pray today that they will say, I need to turn my back on the stuff that isn't quenching my thirst. I need to turn my back on the things that stop me from having a fullness of life. I need to turn my back on the things that want to take the alpha out of the beginning. And I need to turn to the one who is the fullness of all life. In Jesus' name, amen.